When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm in here with Sam's show. I have some thoughts after the Lakers got absolutely mollywopped by the Houston Rockets in Houston. Yeah, it was without KD or AD. Yeah, the Lakers are shorthanded. Yeah, the Lakers uh, have had one of, if not the toughest or one of the toughest schedules to open the season. Um, but at the end of the day, that was embarrassing. And <laughs> there's a lot of people who need to answer for what we've seen to this point. Let's start briefly with, I guess, a, a quick positive to this game. It's the only positive, frankly. But Rui Hachimura played 26 minutes, scored 24 points, grabbed eight boards, couple assists, couple steals, a block, 10 of 14 from the field, two of three from three-point range. To this point in the season, he's looked pretty lost out there, and it was nice to see him uh, get his legs underneath him, especially come, coming off of the weird contusion, concussion situation that he apparently has been dealing with. But, um, you know, with some of the issues that the Lakers have had with their starting group, um, how soft it is, basically. He plays with force. And uh, yeah, Jared Vanderbilt probably isn't going to be available for a little while still. And I do kind of wonder if at some point it might make some more sense to get uh, Rui Hachimura in with that starting group instead of Torian Prince, who like isn't really doing anything. He's not shooting the ball particularly well. He doesn't defend particularly well. He only shot two three-pointers in this game. And if Torian Prince isn't even shooting threes, then, you know, it's the line from office space. What exactly do you do here? Um, and at that point, I'd rather have the guy who, you know, can rebound, does play with some force, does do some things that make him valuable beyond just shooting. Um, and I do kind of wonder as we reach that 10 game point where, you know, coaches for whatever reason, like round numbers, uh, I do kind of wonder if, given how bad this starting group is, the Lakers so far in, in in out of their eight games so far this season, in six of them, they have been down double digits in the first quarter. That first group, with or without AD, under whatever circumstances, has been a fucking disaster. And at some point, something is going to have to change. And I do kind of wonder if that thing that is going to change is going to be Rui Hachimura, the guy that they just extended, getting an opportunity to slide in there in, in Torian Prince's place. As far as positives, that's it. Like I thought this was a poorly coached game. I thought uh, this 
was kind of emblematic of a lack of leadership on this team, whether that's from LeBron or AD or Ham or whoever. Like this team at the starts of these games plays with so little fire, so little urgency that, you know, you start to wonder if it's a cultural thing, if it's a foundational flaw, if this house that the Lakers built was actually built on sand. Because what we're seeing here, you go into Houston, a team that came into this, uh, you know, an okay team. They're a young group. They're trying to take that that first step towards being a legitimate franchise or a legitimate team with this core, but certainly not a team that you say like, well, there's no chance in this one, even without AD. Look, the, the Lakers brought in Christian Wood to be a an AD replacement in those games that he can't go, and Wood goes scoreless in this one. He plays 22 minutes, only gets up one shot, shoots two free throws, misses both of those, gets benched because he was so hapless out there. It's just, you start to wonder, like, where is the urgency going to come from? Because, and this is the thing, in my comment sections, all throughout this uh, offseason, people got so angry at me for saying, like, I don't really like that the Lakers are really kind of, you know, putting this roster and this group in, in Sharpie. There's nothing that they can, that can really be done if this doesn't necessarily work out until Christmas. Uh, I don't know how that's actually going to go with this team. Maybe these guys are actually who they were in the postseason, and maybe these guys do continue to take steps forward. But if they don't, they don't have very many means to, to improve. And here we are. The Lakers desperately need to improve. And there are not very many options out there. Meanwhile, Lonnie Walker is playing really effing well in Brooklyn. He's on a minimum contract. I'd frankly rather have him than Gabe Vincent, based on what I've seen to this point from Vincent, on or off the court. It's just, uh, it's been a tough opening to the season. And you knew that it was going to be a tough opening to the season because the Lakers did open with a pretty brutal stretch. But even in the games that the Lakers should have won, they got whooped by Orlando. They got whooped here tonight or last night by the time you guys are listening to this. This team, man, like they've had some some fun wins, right? The, the game against the Clippers comes to mind. That was a good win. Um, the Lakers maybe could have won in Miami. It's been an up and down team, but but it's just the the lack, the complete lack of urgency at the beginning of these games. You have to wonder, like, what is Darvin Ham doing to get them ready for these games? What like what is like are is is this starting unit? Uh, what are they doing to to get ready? Do they know that they're starting and that there isn't going to be an adjustment? Because like this is part of the problem. A lot of these guys are playing very entitled basketball, like that not rotating down. When you see a shot go up from the other team, everybody's hands just drop to their sides and, and there just isn't any physicality um, out there from guys who aren't named Anthony Davis. And, and, you know, when you see that, you start to wonder if, if like culturally speaking in this organization that Rob Polinka likes to point to as a culture of competition, if, if like, if that is getting lost, because, um, to this point, I would argue that it has. And and what do you do to fix that? How do you fix a culture? The other part of this game that that really kind of screamed uh, to me as as notable, Austin Reeves was bad. 
Like he plays 26 minutes, two of nine from the field, seven points, 0 of four from three point range, did make his three th- uh, free throws. Um, he grabbed four rebounds, was a game worst minus 28 in this one. And, you know, he he does deserve a bit of a grace period as he gets his legs underneath him um, after playing in, in the summer and, and all of that stuff. But, like, it's not even just the legs. Like, he's – there was a play uh, in the game last night or tonight where LeBron back cuts. Reeves sees him, has an opportunity. The ball's in his right hand, could easily throw that right-handed whip pass um, to LeBron as he goes to the basket. He doesn't, right? He hesitates on it, and that hesitation leads to not having that opportunity. And and then, you know, so LeBron obviously gets frustrated, holds his hands up, and they're like, give me the ball, throw the pass, you know? And, and that doesn't happen. The Lakers kind of are forced into scrambling around the perimeter again, we have, I have some more thoughts on this offense again here in a second. Um, but they, they wind up scrambling around Austin gets the ball again and he's forced into some like off the dribble step back three pointer that like clanks anyway, or no on that one, the ball kind of wrote the Lakers rotated the ball. Um, D'Lo passed the ball over to Austin who had to two shoot. I think he shot like a three from a couple feet from behind the, the three point range. Didn't make it. Um, but that should be two points. That possession should be two points. And you could look at any number of other possessions here, not just this game, but over the course of the season where you can just tell Austin is just trying to figure out what he's supposed to be doing out there. Should I be attacking? Should I be, you know, operating as a scorer primarily? Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Like I, I, I you, you watch him and, and, and he's basically a lot of his game is paralysis by analysis. And I, I, I really tend to think that, it's because he doesn't know what they want or need from him out there. And he's playing out there with the Angela Russell who has a ball a ton in his hands. And I just think Austin is just kind of getting lost out there. Um, and, and on the opportunities that he does have, uh, you know, the legs are a factor here, but it's just nothing looks very comfortable for him. And, you know, I look, people are going to blame the contract. Like my mom was watching this game with me and she was blaming the contract too. I don't really, you know, uh, agree with with that approach. And I see it a ton in my mentions. I don't think the contract is a problem. I don't think Austin, like, rested on his laurels after getting the one contract here. I don't think he's that kind of a guy. Nothing to this point would indicate, you know, whether it's from the Lakers, whether it's from people around the league, anybody who talks, uh, you know, who, who, who has any association with him will say that he's not that kind of a guy. So that isn't necessarily what I'm worried about. What I am worried about, though, is that he's having this like identity crisis. It, it, it's just it's it's brutal to watch this guy who last year screamed in the middle of a, a of a playoff game. I'm him. I'm him. Right. He had all of that confidence and knew exactly what he was doing whenever he had the basketball this season, though, for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's the five out thing this egalitarian approach to the offense that the Lakers are, are, are trying to implement here. I have no idea. Um, and I'm going to go back and try to find an, it, some better excuse or, or better explanation here for it. But he clearly does not know what he's supposed to be doing out there. And it makes you wonder also, like, is he better served to be running the second unit and go against opposing benches? Because, <sighs> 
like a possible po explanation here is that um, after seeing what he did in the postseason, and after seeing the contract that he got, and after seeing uh, you know the things that he's capable of in FIBA play too, all of these teams have him on their game plan now, right? Like you have LeBron, you have AD. And then I would imagine you have either Austin or D'Lo, you know, next on your game plan as, as far as things that you need to disrupt in the Lakers offense. And I don't know that he's necessarily ready to for that kind of attention too, right? A lot of times he's getting the other teams, you know, kind of better defender out there on the perimeter. And, and, and I don't think he has either the legs or the, you know, athletic um, abilities to create separation. So um, this is another tough one. And, it, you know, he had a couple games there and, and a couple in a few stretches this season where you're like, finally, that's the Austin. So, you know, he's capable of it, but I think the Lakers need to find a way to make him better understand what it is that he's supposed to be doing out there. Because until then, and I, and I promise, by the way, for whatever reason, in my comments, people like really, really want me to hold him accountable. I am. I, he hasn't been good this season and the, he needs to be better. But I also think the Lakers need to do their part to help him be better. And, and that kind of sort of starts with helping him understand what the hell he's supposed to be doing. The other half of the problem that the Lakers have on the perimeter is that D'Angelo Russell, between him and Austin Reeves right now, um, they are both, I think, very skilled offensive players, but they're very skilled in very duplicative ways where they both need a pick to be freed up. They both operate by putting guys in jail and kind of walking them down into the paint and then operating in that very kind of slow fashion. Neither of them are very good at getting by their guys just straight up and piercing the defense that way. Um, defensively, right? They both have a lot of the same problems where they're slow footed. Um, guys can go right through their chest, all of that stuff. And, and that duplic uh, duplication that, that they have is I think really presenting some issues when the Lakers start these games. And then you add to that, you know, Torian Prince not really doing anything out there. And now all of a sudden you have three guys who I don't think are really the best versions of themselves next to LeBron and AD. And, and that's just, it's tough. It's, it's a tough way to start these games. So, you know, I, I don't know what the fix here is, you know, uh, Gabe Vincent isn't healthy and I don't think he's the answer. You could try Max Christie, but even I, you know, being maybe the, 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 the biggest believer in Christie, both in terms of size and belief, um, I don't think he's the answer because he's young. I don't think he's made it. He, I got to look at his numbers here, but he can't throw a pee in the ocean basically to start the season looking at his, at his numbers. Uh, yeah. He's shooting 12 and a half percent from, from deep this season. That's not going to cut it. So like, you know, you're going to be benching one of your more talented players, one of your higher paid players without a real answer here. And that's a, a kind of foundational issue that the Lakers have. And, and, you know, that, that combination has really not been successful so far this season. And there just isn't like, there just isn't much that, uh, that, that, that the Lakers can do to fix this. And, you know, again, 
this is, I thought heading into the season that Reeves and D'Lo would at least be good enough shooters that, you know, when LeBron had the ball, they would make life a little easier on him. And, and once again, though, what we're seeing is, you know, prioritizing creation around LeBron, even if it can shoot, um, is not the, you know, isn't kind of what you should be prioritizing. Right. Um, again, I, I always go back to, and, and this isn't me saying that like, Oh, fuck it. I don't care. You could say what you want to say about me and Caruso or whatever, but like Caruso, even to this point still has the highest net rating alongside LeBron. And it's because he gets after it defensively. He, you know, is successful in the brief moments that he's on the ball when he was, and he gets out in transition. And he's very good in, in those spots as well. And like, you look at those things, D'Angelo Russell isn't really a transition player, right? He puts people in jail in transition. That's not, <laughs> he's not very comfortable there. Uh, Austin Reeves is okay in it. You know, for whatever reason this year, he's not getting to the basket or, and, and, you know, let alone finishing when he gets there at the same rate that he did last year. I don't know if that was a matter of last year being an outlier or what, but that was, you know, th this, this, this team and that combination of, of backcourt next to LeBron is really a problem to this point. And I, and, and, you know, <laughs> there's only so many times I can say, I don't know what to do to fix this because you know, you look back at the offseason that the Lakers had, and they really focus on optimizing the roster and cheapening it, by the way. Um, and 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 you know, that that left them with very little, uh, very few options if this didn't necessarily work. And and look, like some of this is obviously injuries too, but even when everybody was like healthy and available, this team looked slow. This team, you know, the, the starting group looked you know, kind of stuck in the mud and, and, you know, yeah, you could bring back Vanderbilt, but I'm starting to worry with the amount that I, I keep on bringing up Vanderbilt to myself. It's like starting to remind me of the Trevor Ariza thing where, and, and he's better right now in, at this point in his career than Trevor Ariza was. But if you're looking at like Jared Vanderbilt as the guy to fix everything with your starting group, that's kind of indicative of the problem, isn't it? It kind of feels like it. You know, and, and, um, yeah, I, 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 I want to, I want to see what this looks like without both of those guys starting or without both of those guys and Torian Prince starting because that trio is too soft. It's, it's too passive. You, you see all kinds of guys, you know, either walk them down on offense or rebounds, watch any of those three guys try to box out. And either they, they, they really, really try, but get walked under the basket, or they don't really try and they get run right around, or they try and they're too slow to stop that player from just giving them one step here and then getting by them to, to get to the basket on cuts. They aren't putting forearms and chests to, to slow down those cuts. They aren't really, you know, D'Angelo Russell, I think of those three guys has probably been the, one of their better defenders. And that's not great. <laughs> uh, even me acknowledging that I like how much he's working on that side of, of, of the ball. If he's somebody who stands out defensively, that means you have serious problems with your other two players that are playing on the perimeter next to him. So I, I don't know. I, 
I'm really curious, especially coming off of this game, um, given how bad this game went and given how bad that starting group has been, like if, and, and given also how good Rui looked in this one, I, I kind of wonder and frankly hope that uh, they start with Reeves, Russell, and Rui because at least Rui might play with a little bit of force. And then if that doesn't necessarily work, you know, you really got to start to think long and hard about that pairing, Russell and, and, and Reeves, as your backcourt here moving forward this season, at least until the deadline when I think, I, I would imagine Russell gets moved. Um, it, something needs to be done here, and it, and it can't be in the form of personnel. Like, there's nobody on the market right now that the Lakers could bring into their 15th roster spot um, that that would fix any of these things. So it's going to have to come from from you know from this team, from this current organization. And like, I'm sorry, but to this point, Ham's part of the problem too. Ham is very much a guy. Darvin Ham is very much a guy who is going to maintain belief in a player until he absolutely cannot anymore. It's probably his best attribute, his ability to keep guys bought in. And, and yet we've now had two games where you've watched and said, oof, this team kind of quit. And, and what really stuck out to me was late in this game, uh, Boban Marjanovic, which is Boban. I don't even like, it's just Boban. Um, he was shooting a free throw. He leaves it short. Nobody, nobody that was in the paint uh, to rebound that thing reacts even kind of. He re he grabs his own rebound, takes a dribble, like meanders down the line and dunks it on everybody. And, and these are the guys, by the way, who should be like fighting, scratching and clawing for any opportunity that they can possibly get themselves. And there was no reaction from the bench, none. And it's like, where's the accountability here? Like, I know Darwin is very much like a, like, you know, uh, uh, kind of inspire through positive, um, positive reinforcement, but you also, as a coach need to lay into your players when you get a game like this, because Right from the, this game started, the Rockets were up 8-0 right from the get, you know, and, and it's just where, where, you know, when you have the same problem over and over and over again, and nothing, nothing gets done to address it, um, either in terms of personnel or like, you know, if it was a football coach grabbing somebody by the face mask and face mask and saying like that can't stand. And maybe that was Christian Wood in this one because he only played 22 minutes, did not score and and and, you know, had a quick leash there in, in the in the second half. Um, maybe that's what that kind of looks like with him, where he won't yell at a guy, but he will sit that guy down. And, and, and in Ham's defense, you can't sit the entire team down on, on a game like this, right? You can't, you can't Hoosiers this where you say like, I'm playing four, like that, that is not how this necessarily works. But when I see, when, when you see the guys who are like parts of your organization here, moving forward, come out with, with so little fire as they are supposed to be like fighting for minutes and fighting for opportunities here moving forward. That to me is very indicative of 
a, a leadership problem. And leadership isn't just Darwin, by the way. Like this is also like you look at you look at Anthony Davis, you look at LeBron James in the, in in this regard too. Like the Lakers, basically since the the twen- the the championship season, have had this identity of of you know passivity, and and a lot of that comes from we know that LeBron doesn't take the regular season particularly seriously. We know that he also doesn't take certain matchups particularly seriously if he doesn't really respect the the opposition right? The opposing team. In this one, Jayshon Tate on multiple occasions, just like shot threes. And LeBron was like walking away from him. And I think on both of them, he made them. Finally, LeBron contested one and he missed one. Wouldn't you believe it? And, and like, I know that, you know, hoping for a little bit of fire from your 39 year old, uh, small forward is 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 tough to ask for in every game of an 82 game season at this stage of his career um but you even like you even look at the bench and like (laughs) at some point somebody needs to scream something at someone like that's i think that's the part that that pissed me off the most from this game was just the absolute non-existent give a fuck there was none on the court on the bench whatever they went into houston got obliterated and and showed zero like zero resiliency at any point and like i even put in the slack that i think if the lakers had made like even kind of a serious run at this one um dylan brooks was in foul trouble uh the the the, the rockets had another guy in foul trouble in this one um early jalen smith uh was was in um jalen green sorry was in foul trouble also in this one like the Rockets and they're a dumb team. Like they just do all kinds of dumb stuff because they're young. And if the Lakers had just gone on like a nine Oh run at some point to, to get things closer to single digits or something like that, I thought that maybe at some point the Rockets might start to cave and, and, you know, credit to Ime Udoka when the Lakers did make a bit of a run there. Um, and it was with a kind of a fun lineup that they did. Uh, I, I, I tweeted about it at one point. I got to find it. But they, um, God, what was it? Yeah, it was uh, D'Lo, Max, Prince, Rui, and Wood. Um, they went on a bit of a timeout. Ime Udoka calls a quick time, uh, a, a quick timeout there to basically end that run. And you know that's what a good coach does. And you know, I, I watched, I, I you know, I watched this game, and 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 anywhere on the court, it was just like zero zero reaction to getting embarrassed like this. And, and, and like, this is the second time where an opponent has felt the freedom to talk some shit and get zero response, right? All summer, the nuggets were talking all kinds of mess about the Lakers. And, and, and I don't have a problem with them doing so they're the champions. They beat the Lakers. They swept the Lakers. I actually liked that they talked a little bit of mess because I wanted to see the Lakers reaction. And we got uh, a bit of a response from Anthony Davis and the Lakers in the first half. And then they quickly just kind of bowed into the night. Right. And you know, with this one, you had um, Dylan Brooks saying how he was going to lock up um, LeBron James. Right. And yeah, there was a couple possessions there and, 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 and in LeBron's defense, he did get Brooks into some foul trouble, but Again, like a, another guy talks a bunch of crap and there's basically no reaction to it. And, you know, it's just, this is one of 82. 
And I think eventually the Lakers are going to look better than this just by way of getting, you know, some of their guys back. But this very soft nature, this very just like okay with getting embarrassed nature to this team is is really kind of concerning to me. And and that's kind of, you know, and maybe I should have uh maybe I I I I should have hit on this a little earlier, but kind of the macro takeaway from from this is is like I don't think it's it's time to worry now, but I also don't think that it's necessarily that far off. So to be clear, I'm not worried right now. I'm not like, I'm not sitting here saying like everything is screwed, sky's falling, anything like that. I'm very negative coming off of this game because that was an embarrassing effort from a team that I care about. But I do think that the Lakers are forming some habits here that are, that, that do give me a little bit of pause, that I am a little bit worried about, um, you know, and really focused on, you know, I'm, I, I want to see some of the quotes coming off of this one because I, you know, this is the kind of game where everybody needs to say like, that's not okay. And, and I just, you know, <laughs> I haven't seen it. You know, you didn't see it over the course of that game. By the time you guys listen to me and Aaron talk about this tomorrow, we'll have a few more quotes and we'll have a little bit more context to the response to the response to this game. But I, I, I do think there are some, some aspects of this team um, when, you know, that, that, that are worth starting to worry about. I'm not actually worried. Um, it's like, it's like I always tell Avery, right? I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. I'm not necessarily worried about this thing right now, but I do think there are some 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 trends here so far this season that you know you I, I would like to see addressed here in short form, starting with the starters. Like this, that group is just not working. You know, I don't think um, the stats are are uh, updated on uh, NBA.com, but that that starting group that by the way has played the most minutes together as most starting groups do. Um, of any of any five man lineup, uh, so that is uh, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. Um, so far this year, in seven games, again, so it hasn't it hasn't updated yet. Sixty five minutes together, an offensive rating of one hundred four point nine and a defensive rating of one hundred and twenty two, a net rating of minus seventeen. That's your starters. That's the group that's playing together the most. And, you know, so long as those guys have been available, those guys have been the starters. And, you know, at some point here, um, I know that Darwin, it, it gets a little nervous about sending messages by way of roles. But at some point here, that starting group needs to be addressed. And, and I think, frankly, until it does, this like passive, this, this passive identity that the Lakers have this kind of entitled identity that the Lakers have. Um, I think it all starts there. And until that starting group gets addressed or at least gets answered for uh, until that happens, I, I really think we're going to keep seeing a lot of the same stuff. And, and if we do keep seeing that, that's when, that's when I start to worry.
All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Uh, again, uh, if you guys are listening to this on on the pod feed only in a few hours, Aaron and I are gonna are, are going to record, and I'll bring up a lot of this stuff to him. And I would imagine he's going to have a nice tall glass of Hennessy next to him uh, to 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 you know rely on instead of like answering for some of these stuff. Um, and and those shows tend to be pretty fun, so I would hope that you tune in for that. Um, and then, you know, we'll have another show here to, to wrap up the rest of the week. Uh, for those of you who want to participate in that show on Friday, that, that Lakers, uh, week in review show that we do in the lounge that I bring up, uh, subscribers for hit that subscribe button, become a member here, a VIP member of the lounge, and you can come up on stage. You can ask your questions. Your questions will be priority. You'll get shout outs, all that good stuff. And eventually as I start to figure this stuff out, um, you'll get some more uh, exclusive content as well. Um, I, I've run out of stuff to say, but this was an embarrassing loss for the Lakers. One that um, I, I do hope is, is kind of a wake-up call for a team that like we knew going into the season that they weren't going to play with the same amount of energy that we saw and, and urgency that we saw the last time we saw them, right? Because they basically had a sprint to the finish. And... And this kind of reminds me of, I remember my little brother, um, my little brother wasn't like super skilled. He's a very good athlete, a, a, a much more like raw athlete than I was. Um, he was like six feet tall. He could dunk and he could do all these things. Right. Um, but the way that he was successful on a basketball court was to get out there and just play on infinite turbo. Right. And, and, and I remember he came off of the bench. And he was just this kind of like spark plug who came off of the bench. And then one game, the coach told him, hey, you're playing so well that I want to move you into the starting lineup. And he came to me and told me like, hey, they're going to they're going to start me. What what advice do you have? And I, I basically said, like, well, when you play with the starters and you're going to play with more minutes uh, or you're going to play more minutes, you kind of have to pace yourself a little bit more because uh, because you're going to be out there more. Right. You don't want to, like, run yourself uh ragged and then not be able to do anything in the fourth quarter because you wasted all of your your turbo minutes in the in the first three. And then he got out there and he didn't play very well as a starter. He didn't play well at all as a starter. And and I told him it was my fault because what he couldn't do was pace himself. He was incapable of that. Once he stopped playing on infinite turbo, he became a much less impactful player. And and it reminds me of this team where we saw them last year basically play for like a two months straight on infinite turbo. And, and I was really curious what this team would look like when they didn't, when they didn't have to play with that kind of an urgency, when they didn't have to, you know, every game wasn't a do or die as it was at the end of last season and into the playoffs. But now we know what that looks like and it's been bad. And at some point they're going to have to figure out a way to, to, to feel that urgency that they felt last year, whether that comes from tweaking personnel, tweaking some combinations out there, or their leaders, the coach, their stars, their veterans, stepping up and like rattling the cage and saying, guys, this sucks. We suck right now. We are not playing good basketball. Um, no matter what that is going to come from, this group needs to play with more giveably and until then why should we until tomorrow i'm anthony irwin saying have a good one